Hello and Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Wishing you a beautiful year ahead, guided by your heart's deepest knowing, truth, and desires. Man, so what a way to wrap up 2019 for me. <laughs> up unto, up to December 31st, uh, which is what I want to talk about and which entails talking about my dad. Um, something that I mentioned in previous podcasts that I said I'd get to his, his story. So here it goes. And I'm going to first start off by saying that I had a really happy good, safe, stable childhood. Um, My parents were deeply in love and they were service-oriented people. Um, And those, that value was instilled in me at a very young age. Um, My parents were involved in the community and they were volunteers and they had been foster parents and the door was always open to our house and there was always an extra place at the table for friends to have a meal with us and um yeah just really loving generous people um hard hard working and happy (laughs) play playful and simple you know like we were middle class working middle class um and you know four, four girls in the family. So, um, yeah, it was, it it was, it was really good. (laughs) And when I was 13 years old, um, two of my sisters were, were out of the house by this point. And my, my one sister, my, my other sister had one more year of high school to go. So it was just my, my mom, dad, and my older sister and I in the house. My dad goes off on a business trip to Egypt. He had just started traveling for his for his work. He was a civil engineer working for a gas company in the States. And he had gone to Egypt um, for a second for a second work trip out of the country in this new position. And um, while he's at the restaurant of the hotel that he's staying at, it's nighttime. Um, he's sitting at the table with his two co- colleagues after dinner. A man walks up to their table and he shoots them all. And um, one, one of the colleagues survived to, to share with us, you know, the whole experience. And... Um, my mom got a phone call that night while Kat and I had gone to sleep already um, from the U.S. Embassy t- telling her what happened. And so when we woke up the following morning to get ready for school, she called us into her room. And we both laid with her on, on, on either side of her. And she told us that her father had been shot and killed. And immediately my sister Catherine starts crying, crying and asking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm on the other side of my mom and nothing is coming to me. 
I'm in shock, although I don't know that. No emotion is coming up for me. <laughs> and my mother and my sister are crying and I am feeling bad and guilty. And so I start to fake cry. Um, you know, so I, so I bring that up just, just, just cause like, that's a real thing <laughs> that, that happened. And, um, I just, I just want to share that. So, um, yeah, so, so this, this news impacted our family, disrupted our family hugely. My mother felt like she she had lost half of herself she 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 said this and she also said to my oldest sister a couple of years after or like a year after the death that she no longer wanted to be a mother and my oldest sister got so furious with her so furious and I was the only one left in the house by this point and I learned about this many years later into my 30s that, that my mom had expressed this. And things started to roll in for me. I spent so much of my high school alone in the house. It was just my mom and me. Um, and there were many nights that I slept home alone um, cause my mom had started dating someone and slept at his house during the weekdays. And I, you know, I kind of liked that because then I had my boyfriend at the time sleep over, <laughs> but something was happening to me that was shaping me. Yeah. I mean, and just the death of my dad in itself was doing something big. So after my dad's death, we didn't do any family grief counseling. I never went to anyone and I never saw my mother mourn. I never saw her cry. And talking about my dad was really hard for her. So there wasn't even talk about, about him until many years later. And so, you know, we carry on with life and um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast forward to meeting Bryce about a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe. And um, we met in practice with my teacher and it was nothing for me at first. It wasn't until months later that I started to really notice him and and feel something in me for him. And so we begin to date. Now Bryce has two kids. And at the time of meeting him, his, his son was 13 years old and his daughter was um, 10 or 11. And, um, you know, nothing like I, I met them and it was nice meeting them. And I was excited to, to get to know them. Um, and then something started to happen for me. 
I would see Bryce with his children, loving his children, and this pain started to surface, this incredible pain. I couldn't be around him and his children because it would hurt me so much. And, you know, I knew that this, well, I began to to realize, right, through these moments, the tremendous missing of my father and the loss of family and how I had proceeded to move forward in life after the death of my dad running away from connection, running away from family, and suddenly feeling like I'm not a part of the family. I don't belong. That's what started to happen to me with my sisters and with my mom. And so I'm experiencing this with Bryce and his kids and I don't know what to do with it because I am an utter yes to my dad uh, to excuse me an utter yes to Bryce a whole body yes to him yet there's this big piece that's up and I don't know if I can do it and so I start the practice I'm I'm in the practice of loving through what's here, loving through the intensity, loving through the pain, and it is hard. (laughs) And being in relationship with Bryce opened up something in me about family and wanting family. But Bryce got a vasectomy a few years ago. He's done having kids. So that completely closed the door and really left me in a hard place. For now, I'm with this man that I'm a yes to. I'm such a yes to. And he's opening me up to having children. And I'm seeing the beauty in having children with him. But there's no possibility. Right? Not in the traditional way, yeah? Of my womb. And there's this massive longing, missing pain, a whole bunch of stuff. And something is happening for me through all of this. And that had been happening to me up to this point is, is, is as I've been moving through my life up until this point, you know, the, the desire to have children of my womb has not been strong for me. My body has been saying no to it. And then Bryce arriving to relationship with him, something opens in me, something huge opens to me, opens in me, and it's this longing for family. But my body is saying no, yet my heart is saying yes. Right? And within all of that, is, oh my gosh, right? Here it is. Bryce is is giving me the family. Yeah? Like, it's so clear. Yet, I 
am not open to it. I am in such pain of it. I'm scared. I I can't do it. I I'm I'm not the mother of these children and you have this bond with them, Bryce. You have this beautiful thing happening with them and and I am not the other half of it and I can't be here. I can't do it. They have their mother who would I be? I'm not the mother. Like a whole bunch of stuff was happening for me. You know, Bryce has been beautiful, um, staying, staying with me in this and loving me through it. And so December 31st arrives and Bryce and I, I don't know how it comes up, but, um, I was going through it with him and his children. And um, we were talking about family and about my dad. And he said to me, Victoria, you talk about your dad and all of these things with him. You had a special bond with your dad that was broken. And I heard that. And he repeated it. And I sat with it. And I let it in. And it's the utter truth. I had a special bond with my father that had been broken. And a couple of years ago, a few years ago, I found out that my dad actually, he hadn't died instantly. I was always told the story that my dad was shot in the chest. He went down right away. It was a quick death. But what I learned was that he actually was alive for hours after. And when I learned this, the pain that flooded in me, that's still with me, I feel it all throughout my body, of him knowing that he's going to die and he's across the Atlantic Ocean in a foreign country, foreign language, and he can't say goodbye to his family. (laughs) He won't be able to say goodbye to them. And he's dying on his own. And, and, you know, my, my, my dad (laughs) had applied to the Peace Corps. And three days before applying to the Peace Corps, he gets his draft letter to go into Vietnam. And he was actually on the first list, the first draft list we learned. And so he, you know, a man, a man of peace in service, but service not in this, not in the way of going out into the battlefield and shooting a gun. Because the story that my mom told us was that he, the few times that he went out into the battlefield during the Vietnam War, he could not aim his rifle straight ahead. He angled it upwards 
because he didn't want to kill anyone. He didn't want to hurt anyone. And then an opportunity came. Um, they needed to typist on 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 base, and my dad always said that the that the most valuable course that he took in in college was typing class, <laughs> because he quick raised his hand to to fulfill that that position so that he didn't have to go out into the battlefield again. But really, who who wanted to? I mean. I don't know. I can't imagine many really wanting to go out on the battlefield. But anyways, so I learned this about my father, that he had been alive these hours and like he wouldn't have the opportunity to say goodbye to his family. And it was heartbreaking for me and it's still with me. It's in me, this pain, right? And I had never let in the fact that I had a special bond with my father. My father named me. He took three days to name me (laughs) the youngest of the girls, Victoria. I was his little helper. Um, And really a lot, a lot like him. So this happened on December 31st, this letting in of the truth that I wasn't separate from the family. Like when my dad died, a part of me actually went with it. And now is the work (laughs) of returning that part to me, of being with it, of recovering it, the part that was lost of me. And this is a part, this is a big part of my work ahead moving forward. You know, trauma, trauma gets stored in the body, gets stored in our memory, gets stored in, in our way of, of being. And, um, you know, and, and it's hard to go into because it brings up a lot of pain. But what I've been doing this past year or so is not running away from it and really thanks to Bryce for seeing what it was that I was actually doing (laughs) feeling such gratitude towards him yeah you know and 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 one more thing that that I want to add because I think I'm just going to close out here is um, I I long for family. I want I want family, and and I've and I've been riding on this idea that a family is only made up of <laughs> two 
two parents that love each other and then kids that come from their womb, comes from the mom's room, womb. And, you know, my body has been no to having kids, but not my heart. And I'm really, really drawn a deep, deep truth in me is caring for being mothering children that have experienced loss and loving them. Being a foster parent, maybe adopting a child, redefining family, but not because my parents not only had us girls, <laughs> but they also were foster parents and they had always spoken about being host host family for an organization called Healing the Children, um, children from uh, developing countries or from areas where, where medical um, attention wasn't available to them. Um, they'd come to the States and receive treatment from doctors here for, for free and families would be needed to host the children during, during their stay. And my parents always spoke about doing that. And when my dad died, just a year or two after my mom started that, 13 children, one that my mom put through university and that passed away while, while living with us. And so this redefining a family, but not, you know, and that I can have that. It's there in me. And I don't have to run away from it. It's, it's recovering the part of me that, that got lost along the way. And this is now a big part of my work into the new year, into 2020. Hmm. <laughs> so with that, I, um, until next time. <laughs>